This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, host of Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. Join the conversation every Tuesday at 11 as we dissect issues that are important to you and your family. That's Relatively Speaking, Tuesdays only on MPB Think Radio. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz, and I hope uh, your week is off to a great start. Beautiful week here throughout the state of Mississippi. And today we're excited to welcome back um, one of our frequent guests and, you know, uh, an organization that... Uh, we partnered with in the past, and it's always good to have uh, someone from the Mississippi Center for Justice on the show. And we're lucky to have attorney Vangela Wade on today. She's the president and CEO of MCJ. And uh, good morning. Um, it's the 20th anniversary. Vangela, would you would you please tell us a little bit about your background and uh, and your role with the Mississippi Center for Justice? Good morning. How are you? So happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I um, Yes, Vangela Wade, Vangela M. Wade, and I am President, CEO, MCJ, as you said. Uh, prior to joining, uh, prior to bec- becoming President and CEO in January of 2020, I sat on the board of MCJ and held various roles, including secretary and then uh, president, uh, chair of the, the board. And then in uh, January 2020, I took on the role of President and CEO. So this is my what, three and a half years almost. And so it's been a a very, uh, you know, interesting um, period, you know, going from private practice as I did myself as an attorney. I was in private practice focusing primarily on uh, wills and estate, uh, heirs property, as you know, one of our favorite uh, topics, uh, as well as protecting assets, uh, asset protection for those people who were applying for Medicaid. And I enjoyed working primarily with, you know, uh, senior families, elder families uh, across uh, the, the Metro Jackson area, and then even, you know, across some other areas of the state, particularly as I did seminars on those topics. So moving from that private practice area into the uh, social justice uh, or nonprofit uh, world was a little different for me. Um, but, uh, you know, I think after three and a half years where we've seen considerable growth in not only our advocacy work uh, across our various uh, campaign areas that we'll talk about a little later, but also, you know, as an organization or structure, the uh, financial aspects of our organization has continued to grow and strengthen. And those were, you know, some of my, uh, I guess, pillars of of what I had planned to focus on as president and CEO uh, and to continue the work of our great you know, founders. So, yes, happy to be here today and happy to talk about MCJ. Well, it's great to have you. And, uh, and you know, you provide, the center provides legal assistance in many areas. You mentioned your area that you came from practice from, you know, uh, heirs property and wills and estates. But we've also talked about housing and voting rights on past shows. So tell us a little bit. This is the 20th, 20th year. How was the center started? 
Well, uh, you, you know, uh, th- this is something that, that's near and dear to my heart, talking about our 20th anniversary and how we got our start. Uh, I, I'll say that, you know, last year, our theme for our year was we are the they, meaning that we here around us our, in our state, we've got to uh We've got to come together and work on those issues that are impacting our citizens. And back in 2003, we had about 21 people, uh, lawyers and some non-lawyers, who came together either from a the organizational side. We had uh, nine people to who were our original founders, to include Martha Bergmark uh, and uh, Rob McDuff, uh, uh, Fred Banks, uh, Isaac Bird, uh, Barbara and Ed Blackman, uh, uh, and a number, um, I'm sorry, the Blackmans were part of our found, our uh, doning founders, uh, but we, uh, Suzanne Keyes, Carol Burnett, Dr. Elsie Dorsey, Brad Pigott, Warren Yoder were our original uh, board. Uh, Martha came from D.C. after uh, having been there for a while, uh, after she left Mississippi, came back to Mississippi to as president and CEO uh, to get this organization running and off the ground. Uh, and then, of course, we had a number of original donors uh, that were, uh, you know, clearly significant in helping us to, helping MCJ uh, to, to co- commence the work. Because, uh, you know, you need not only those people who are committed to do the day-to-day work, who are committed to uh, the advocacy or legal, uh, the legal services, but you also definitely need people who are committed to helping to fund an organization and to fund that work because without the funding, whether it's coming from individual or private donors or from foundations or from, you know, in some situations, governmental grants, we can't do the work that is that we are very passionate about. So uh, we we had 13 of those original funders and we are happy and proud to honor uh, the original nine uh original board members, as well as those the 13 original donors uh, at this year's Champions of Justice uh, uh, reception and awards event. And that's, that will take place on October 26th. Um, and how can someone attend the Champions of Justice Dinner? Yes, we would we invite everyone to visit our uh, website at mscenterforjustice.org. Uh, and that is M-S-C-E-N-T-E-R-F-O-R-J-U-S-T-I-C-E dot org. And if you go to, to that website, there's a link there where you can per- you can access uh, information about purchasing tickets, about getting tables. If you want to come as a group uh, with your, uh, you know, friends, colleagues, organizations, and certainly we welcome sponsorships and we welcome uh, people who may not be able to come, but you want to donate to help continue the work, uh, the advocacy, the policy and uh, impact litigation work of MCJ. So that is, as you said, on uh, the the, uh, Champions of Justice Reception and award event is October 26th, and it's at the Westin uh, in J- downtown Jackson. Uh, we will have um, you know food and 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 uh, beverages prior to the actual awards uh, event, and which uh, starts at six. O'clock. The uh, reception is at six o'clock, and the uh, ev- the awards event will start at seven. So we invite everyone to come on out, and if you have any 
any difficulty accessing the uh, website, you know, certainly call us and we'd be happy, more than happy to uh, to help you with tickets, tables, sponsorships and donations. And you can call us at uh, 601-352-2269 for more information about about uh, the the event, I've been before in past years, and they've you've usually had a variety of individuals, but from a variety of different pathways. Mm-hmm. I think my husband works in publishing, and they they bought a table because one of their authors was being honored. But you know, usually it's. Not that they don't have anything in common because they do, but it's usually quite a diverse group of individuals. In this, it's it's a collective. It's it's your family. It's it's the the um, uh, original founding members and founding supporters of the organization, and that makes it for uh, more of a homecoming, more of a, a special event than just kind of a gathering of a bunch of different individuals. You're exactly right, Liz. And that not only is it a homecoming of those original founders. Uh, but also, we, we've invited back uh, all of the former uh, Champions of Justice honorees and the Pathfinder honorees. And so we're looking forward to act, to doing, just as you said, to having a homecoming, welcoming those people who've not only helped us to create, not only created the, the, the organization, but over the years have, uh, you know, put in their their uh, efforts and their expertise in making sure that, uh, you know, some of the the same issues that we've worked on over the 20 years, they've worked on those issues uh, as individuals as well or as organizations. And we're, you know, looking forward to welcoming them back and uh, having everybody to celebrate the 20 years of of working toward advancing uh, racial, economic, and social justice in Mississippi. What a fantastic evening that I mean just thinking about all the different people that are going to be in the room that night that uh, uh just gets me excited to think about everyone who you're not only honoring but then all of the people who will probably come uh, attend because for the past 20 years they want to celebrate the work of the Mississippi Center for Justice and you know what other people may have contributed what they're proud of of the work that uh, they have done so uh, i i just <laughs> that's why i'm excited to have you on the show today this is in legal terms not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live if you've missed any of our program you can listen to the whole show in legal org. that's our website Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. So there's just this huge long list that the Mississippi Center for Justice works in the areas of expungement, foreclosure prevention, justice court, to reform predatory lending, and access broadband. They also have resources for customers, for example, when they're dealing with debt collectors. And I found it interesting. They have a lot of information if you want to be a a uh, poll watcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got an election coming out. Remember, folks, uh, right now on, um, uh, what is today, October 17th, 
you can, if you have a reason, you can vote absentee. You can't register to vote anymore. That passed last week. But if you have a reason, you can vote absentee. So get down to your courthouse or get your application and, oh, gosh, get it certified and notarized and whatever. Anyway, but don't forget, this is an election year, and we'll be voting next month. We are talking about the work of the Mississippi Center for Justice with their president and CEO, Vangela Wade. Yeah, and it's so great to have Vangela here. And, you know, Vangela, you mentioned the funders and the, and the and, you know, grants and, and donors. And so what do you charge someone when you help them and do advocacy for them at the Center for Justice? Well, you know, that's a great question. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes people, of course, when whenever you're dealing with a, with a lawyer or, uh, uh, you know, especially certainly on uh, the private sector, you, you, people are always concerned about fees and, 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 and expenses as well as they should. As a nonprofit uh, public interest law firm, we don't charge uh, attorney's fees. Uh, all of our work is done because we have, you know, funders. We have uh, work through grants or individual donations. Uh, we even try we try to do the to, to remove any type of financial barriers from uh, people who are who are accessing our services, including, uh, you know, if they're court filing fees or if they're, um, you know, fees for for uh, expungement or if they're fees related to heirs property uh, with regard to, you know, getting a, a survey done or getting a title search done. We work to try uh, to help people uh, find those funds through our resources so that that will not be a barrier to them, uh, you, you know, accessing their services or getting uh, the title cleared or getting their records expunged so that they can seek, you know, employment, better housing, uh, educational uh, opportunities. So, uh you know, certainly there are some limits. Uh, we do work within uh, the uh, federal pe- uh, federal p- poverty limit uh, in some of our p- uh, programs like uh, heirs property. But in most instances, I can tell you that uh, if a person uh, or persons can present a, uh, you know, demonstrate a, a substantial hardship, uh, then we will consider those uh, those matters as well. It's so great. I mean, and, and I think people don't realize what a great resource uh, oftentimes the center is. Um, and, you know, we have uh, the Mississippi uh, Center for Justice. We also have North Mississippi Rural Legal Services and Legal Services. There are a lot of opportunities for people who could not otherwise afford a lawyer to be be represented. And uh, and you're doing impactful, impactful work. Let's get back to the, the dinner for uh, a few minutes because uh, it's coming up and, uh, you know, this, it's a big celebration, a 20th anniversary of the Mississippi Center for Justice. Um, and this year, um, in addition to honoring the founding board and the founding donors, you, you've got Dr. Uh, Jeannie Abrams McLean, who is president of Fair Count, and she's going to be the keynote speaker. Tell us a little bit about Fair Count and its role in voting rights. Absolutely. Fair Count uh, was started in um, uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, and it was started by 
uh, Stacey Abrams. And Dr. Uh, Janine Abrams-McLean is uh, Stacey Abrams' sister, who is currently the uh, president of Fair Count. And Fair Count is an organization working to build long-term power in communities that have historically uh, been undercounted in the census. Uh, underrepresented at the polls and whose communities are often torn apart by redistricting. So, uh, you know, we we are happy to have uh, Dr. Janine Abrams McLean uh, provide our uh, deliver our keynote address. I will say that um, Dr. Uh, McLean and, of course, uh, Stacey Abrams and their family, uh, they. they Grew up um, in on the Gulf in Hattiesburg and around the Gulf Coast area, uh, so we're we're looking forward to um, Dr. Abrams McLean's parents uh, being there at the at the uh, Champions of Justice dinner, and Stacey Abrams will will introduce um, her virtually. So we're all looking forward to that as well. I looked at the list of attendees or the the honorees. And, you know, I know a couple of them personally. Our kids have gone to school together, and there's you know, attorneys, there's pastors. Tell us about some of, uh, you know, the, the journeys, the stories that some of your uh, honorees have. Well, I, I think, and I'm, I invite everyone to come out uh, on the 26th to the Champions of Justice uh, Reception and Awards program to hear more more about each of our founders. We'll have a wonderful video presentation uh, where most, if not all of them, have participated to tell, you know, how they got their start, how they, you know, their interest, how that interest came up to where they joined together in really a a coalition to uh, really plant uh, uh, and implement and, and grow the Mississippi Center for Justice. So we have, of course, as I mentioned, uh, Martha Bergmark, who grew up here in uh, Jackson, uh, whose father uh, taught at Millsaps, uh, you know, to retirement. And, you know, I hear from Martha all of the time about her her work, even as a, a, a child or as a teenager uh, during the integration of schools uh, and how she stood with uh, some of the stood with the the, the uh, black students who were coming into uh, the school. Uh, as a matter of fact, a good friend of ours, Brenda Swaggart, was one of those one of those students that Martha uh, stood with, and 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 they became lifelong friends. So you know, Martha's uh, role has been. Um, you know, tremendous in developing this work uh, when she started back in 2003, and she's been a great mentor to me. And, of course, we have Rob McDuff, who um, uh, not only was one of the founding members, but you, uh, and you've got to come to the event to hear how the, the, the concept or the, the came about uh, for MCJ. It, it's, it's almost like it, it's literally... Like, oh, it happened uh, during a conversation at a bar. But I'm not going to tell you anymore. You've got to come to to hear exactly how this came about. Uh, but I will say that Rob was there at the beginning. Uh, he was vice chair of the board uh, back in 2003. And in 2017, uh, Rob uh, joined MCJ as its uh, director of impact the George Riley Impact Litigation Campaign. Um, so, you know, he's been instrumental and has co- 
kept that connection. So we're very proud of that. And, of course, very proud of Rob and the work that he's done across his career, across many areas of uh, not only uh, civil rights, criminal justice, social justice. So, uh, you, you know, just just great to see that ex- that MCJ is an extension of people who were already working in the area of equity and justice. And I also mention, of course, uh, just uh, Justice Fred Banks, uh, who was chair of the first board of MCJ, who went on to become not only, uh, you know, uh, a um, uh, Mississippi Supreme Court justice, uh, you know, but he's he has considerable work uh, during the civil early civil rights era with uh, school desegrega- desegregation cases and other cases that here he and uh Retired Justice Reuben Anderson took on together, along with Melvin Leventhal, uh, who was honored, who we honored last year uh, with our Fannie Lou Hamer Award. So, uh, you know, these connections continue. And I think what's important here uh, to know about the people who were part of this founding core is that they saw the work that was done during the, you know, the civil, the civil, the later civil rights, the civil rights movement. And they themselves were working in that space. Uh, and then at some point, there became uh, sort of a, 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 I'd say, a gap uh, in legal organizations that could provide the type of services that MCJ currently does. And they that's when they decided that we've got to do something to fill this gap. You had national organizations like the... Um, Lawyers Committee under civil rights uh, for civil rights under the law uh, that it had a storefront office on Fair Street along with uh, the NAACP Legal Defense uh, Fund. Uh, they had storefront offices on here, physical offices doing this civil rights work. Well, they by 2003 they were gone. Uh, and again, that showed these these lawyers and community activists that there needed to be another organization. It needed to be a homegrown organization with roots in this state that could continue this work. And that's exactly what they said. That's what they set out to do. And that is what um, what happened. Uh, you know, I want to, if I can, I want to, uh, well. I want to read something that um, that's a part of our 2004 annual report. As I was looking sort of over the history of MCJ, I thought this it this really sets sets out uh, it, it sets out our our whole philosophy. Uh, that not only was our philosophy 2003, 2004, but it continues. Of course, we've grown we've grown a lot. And our focuses at some kind sometimes change based on the situation and sometimes based on funding. But at the core, I think this statement continues. And it says, uh, social justice 21st century style means using the best of Mississippi's progressive history in a new way. The Mississippi Center for Justice is not a traditional legal advocacy group. It does not speak for low-income Mississippians. Rather, staff members take their lead from activists and leaders grounded in the work of their own communities. MCJ attorneys are a new breed of community lawyers who develop partnerships with community leaders. Together, they find practical 
and local social change models. MCJ's lawyers work with and support community leaders, channel the energies, the energies of the state's legal community to local justice campaign. To, I'm sorry, MCJ's lawyers work with and support community leaders, channel the energies of the state's legal community to local justice campaigns, and extend successful efforts from one community together. Uh, to one community to the other. And I think that speaks to how we work not only within our own organization, but also in coalitions with others, which is how we got our start by our uh, 21 or so founders uh, working together in coalition to create a home homegrown public interest law firm that would provide not only uh, direct legal services across several areas, but also um, policy and uh, uh, advocacy and impact litigation. Well, and I think that there's really two types of Mississippians. There are those that do work towards, you know, uh, rising Mississippi up. They work towards helping uh dismantling policies. Uh, They work to help rise up the citizens of Mississippi. And then there are those that need to be inspired. And if you fall into one, you can go and be uh, uh, reminded of the, the individuals who have worked toward that and celebrate with them. And if you need to be inspired, you can come and, uh, you know, these young kids these days, <laughs> sometimes you don't know what has happened uh, 60 years ago, much less 20 years ago. And I think uh, the, those who have been through things and things, people who have only read about it in textbooks, it would be inspiring to, to hear these stories and watch that video that you only get to see if you attend the Champions of uh, Justice Dinner. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. Hey, I hope you'll subscribe to our podcast. We're on all podcasting platforms. And you can also find all the MPB podcasts on the mpbonline.org slash radio website. That's also where you can listen live over the Internet. So, I looked, I checked the website, Vangela. There are four tickets left for the Great Mississippi Road Trip. It's an immersive journey through Mississippi where civil rights legends took a stand and history was made. So this is a road trip October 27th through the 29th. It's a limited participation, an intimate trip, but there are just a few tickets left. If you want to go to the uh, Mississippi Center for Justice website, one more time, their website is mscenter4forjustice.org. For We're talking about the Mississippi Center for Justice with our guest, Vangela Wade, president and CEO. Liz, they do so much good work. And, Vangela, you've got, you know, in addition to the road trip and and the Champions of Justice Dinner, you've got some clinics that you do throughout the state. And and could you tell us a little bit about some upcoming clinics that people may participate in? 
Absolutely. Yeah, you know, the clinics is one of our uh I guess key elements of how we do our how we do what we do. Uh you know, a lot of times people think about organizations coming in and being what I call extractionist where they're coming into the to the communities, they're not providing anything substantially or long long lasting with in the in the communities, but get, you know, getting out information or resources, but we uh, work to work in community, uh, whether it's as just as MCJ or in coalitions in coalition with other organizations. So we do a lot of legal clinics uh, and informational clinics. We have uh, legal clinics across our, uh, of course, heirs property, where uh, not only can you go and learn about uh, what what exactly what is heirs property, but how to avoid it or how to clear up your title so that you don't uh, have heirs property or get a will done because we do those during uh, the heirs property clinics as well. But we also do heirs property across our uh, economic justice uh, campaign, which includes our expungement clinics. And so coming up, uh, we are hosting an heirs property uh, lunch and learn workshop on Tuesday, October 24th from uh, starting at 10 a.m. until noon in Greenville and uh, a free expungement clinic on Saturday, October 28th uh, from 10 to 2 in Macomb. Uh, so, you know, we we have clinics across the state, not just, you know, in the in the immediate area. We sometimes have clinics down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We've done clinics as far up as Benton County, um, uh, close to the Tennessee uh, or Alabama line, you're so far up when you're in Benton County. Uh, but we've gone up there and uh, on a on a Sunday and did a wide array of of clinics to touch on basically all of our focus areas. So um, we also work in coalition with the uh, Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project to do expungement and other clinics. Uh, so. If you're interested in having us come out to do a clinic in your area, you should contact us. Uh, if it's across any of those areas that we work, which would be our health care, our heirs property, uh, our economic justice, the uh, fair housing uh, campaign, uh, you know, we, and as well as education, we'd be happy to talk with you about how we can support your community uh, uh, with these these clinics. And again, the work that we offer, the, the services that we provide through these clinics, it is, it is free. Uh, another example of how we connect, not only through in the immediate, immediate community, but also if, if the people can't come out or if you think that you'd have a bet, better turnout by doing a virtual clinic, uh, we can uh, certainly talk about uh, doing that in your community or with your family. If there's, a, for instance, on the heirs property, if there's an heirs property issue in your family or you just want your family to be educated, uh, we will work with you on those virtual clinics as well. I've seen those family reunion t-shirts. <laughs> Sometimes those families can be pretty big. Yes, and that's a good way by having, even including a virtual uh, or heirs property uh, clinic with your family reunion. You know, that's a while you have everyone there, sort of a, a captive audience, uh, you know, around the, the, the picnic table and the, you know, in the, the family softball game. That's a good way to help get some knowledge that can help protect your family land and assets uh, beyond, you know, throughout the generations. 
Let's take a call. We've got Sarah calling in from Laurel. Sarah, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms today. Our guest is Vangela Wade from the Mississippi Center for Justice. What's your comment or question? Uh, good morning, y'all. Uh, this, is, yeah, this is Sarah. Um, I have a question. You had mentioned about um, impact litigation that uh, Mississippi Center for Justice does, and um, I'm just kind of curious about um, what types of cases uh, you could uh, talk about, any of the types of cases that you've worked on recently, um, and also how do you end up uh, getting notified or how are you aware um, uh, of the cases and, and how do you go about vetting and uh, deciding whether or not to take a case? Thanks, Sarah, for that question. Uh, you, you know, our impact litigation campaign, just to, to say how, how that got started, uh, that was started in 2017, and it was based on, and it's named after, George Riley, uh, who was an attorney who came to Mississippi uh, during Katrina, or right after Katrina, to help MCJ uh, work uh, down on the, on the coast with helping families uh, at, that had been impacted by, by Katrina. He came and stayed, you know, for months on in on his own expense and uh, never forgot us and and made sure that we had resources to uh, work on those types of cases that wouldn't necessarily come under a particular grant. Uh, The type of cases that we may take may be, for instance, the um, uh, we do voting rights uh, uh, cases under impact litigation. Uh, We do uh, the uh, criminal justice cases sometimes under uh, impact litigation. Uh, we were recently involved in, uh, you know, some of the uh, uh, legislative bills that came out of this this past le- legislative session. Uh, we were working in coalition not only with community but also with other uh, legal entities uh, on those cases. Uh, we we have um, you know redistricting cases that we've worked on. Uh, so we a number of cases that we we will take whether they're involving uh, you know uh, civil rights, constitutional rights, or uh, you know sometimes even uh, resources that should be public resources, but we track and see that those resources may be uh, directed toward uh, private sources. And so we we look at what the issues are, make sure that it's within our area of either immediate, you know, uh, experience uh, through our staff. And if not, if there are other uh, pro bono organizations or pro bono law firms uh, that can help support those the, the work on those cases, uh, we may consider it. But, uh, you know, we would love to say that we can, that we would look at, we could take every case that comes in, but we, we realize that we can't. We want to be able to, to help where we can and provide, uh, you know, excellent resources uh, and expertise in, effort, in, in, our, in our work. Uh, so we try not to spread ourselves too thin. But if, if there's a particular case or a matter, you know, persons are, uh, certainly uh, can reach out and uh, those will be reviewed by our impact litigation team uh, led by Attorney Rob McDuff. And if it's something that we can take, we can. Uh, one thing I will say that whenever we're looking at impact litigation, those cases are usually focused on something on a particular on an issue that's impacting more than one usually more than one person or has a potential to impact the outcome to impact more than one person. So, um, you know, uh, if anyone has a, a, 
an issue or issues, then they should definitely reach out and we can let you know if that falls within our uh, within our area. And I'm not an attorney and I'm not involved in it, so I don't know how much Vangela can comment about, but I do know that the center has worked on broadband equity. They've worked on the House Bill 1020 about the uh, judicial areas in the capital area. They've talked, they've helped with uh, Mississippi far, black farm workers and uh, different things about. Um, underserved areas and school districts with uh, that that were impacted by COVID. So quite an array of, of issues that impact a, a number of individuals. So Sarah, thank you so much for your question. I hope that uh, answered some of it. Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. Whenever you miss any of our program, but oh my gosh, I can't imagine who wouldn't just listen from start to finish, uh, you can listen to the whole show over the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Don't forget, at 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays following our over-the-air broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio, and she just walked past, so she's getting ready for her show. We're talking with the Mississippi Center for Justice President and CEO, Vangela M. Wade, and we have mentioned their uh, Champions of Justice dinner. So if you are interested in supporting the work of the Mississippi Center for Justice or you want to honor some of their champions that are being honored this year, you can go to their website, MS. Center for Justice, F-O-R Justice dot org slash champions dash of dash justice or just just get to their website and there's lots of great big pictures. Uh, that event is October 26th, 2023. The reception is going to begin at 6 p.m. The anniversary program and awards presentation starts at 7 p.m. And this is at the Weston in Jackson. Gosh, that's a nice hotel. <laughs> I've been there next to a uh, Thalia Mara is the performing arts center next to it. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been to their restaurant and bar. And that is just such a, a lovely facility. So that's the Mississippi Center for Justice Champions of Justice event, October 26th. Vangela, it's great to have you. And by the way, I appreciate Sarah calling. As always, Sarah's a good listener and uh, uh Really, uh, former student, glad to hear from her. Uh, but uh, you know, eventually, you, you've talked about impact litigation, and I want to I, I want to share something about Rob McDuff. Rob McDuff is a lot responsible for us having Cliff Johnson in charge of our impact litigation program here at the university, uh, our MacArthur Justice Clinic, because he said you've got to hire Cliff Johnson, and we did. And we're, and I know you've worked with Cliff on on some projects. Uh, you know the. The, these organizations work together. You mentioned uh, the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project. So, a lot of lot of lawyers getting together to try to make a difference in our state, and certainly the Center for Justice uh, is one of the leaders in doing that. And we appreciate what you're doing. Now, you mentioned you come from a background with heirs' property, and I want to kind of talk about that as we uh, don't have much time. I know, but 
Why is that an important issue uh, for so many people? And it's an economic justice issue as well as a, a you know, issue of its own. So why, you know, why is that uh, near and dear to your heart? Well, uh, and that's, you know, it's a great question. And I, I wish I had uh, uh, Andrea Barnes, our director of heirs property here with me. Uh, she talks about, uh, she's so eloquent when she's talking about heirs property. But for Andrea and I both, it came from, you know, our, I guess our passion for heirs property came from growing up and growing up, you know, on, on our uh, grandfather's uh, land. And that's how, you know, I, he instilled in me the importance of land and importance of making sure that you protect the title of that land so that you keep it in the family or you, you're you able to use it for the family's benefit, not to, you know, uh, quite frankly, uh, my grandfather uh, warned about selling your land. He was, you know, he had worked uh, Richard for uh, years digging ditches at 50 cent uh, a day, um, uh, basically, or 50 cent an hour, uh, and then went on to work for the Mississippi Highway Department. He was, matter of fact, he was, I believe, the first African-American to work and to possibly retire from the highway department. He worked there 13 years before he got to uh, retirement age uh, and had been farming, of course, all that time. But just seeing him working that land, owning the land, how important it was to him and keeping that land in our family and keeping it intact uh, instilled in me uh, just a, a you know, a passion and, and recognize the importance of land being the basis for many to build your family's uh, economic basis. And so that's, as you know, as part of our work at MCJ, we want to make sure that families uh, understand, uh, you know, how important it is to maintain uh, the title to the property in a way that is transferred legally from one family member or a group of families or even put in a in a, in a land trust uh, so that you maintain that property, you don't lose it due to failure to pay taxes, uh, you know, or any of those things that could happen to impact um, ownership. And that way, f- individuals and families are able to utilize that land uh, for their benefit and to pass it on generations. Uh, and, and so that's, that's really how I so it came to be in in the whole heirs property um, uh, area of, of of practice. I, I can tell you, I had when I was in law school, I had Professor uh, Abbott uh, for property, and uh, you know, I was thinking during that time, oh, I, I will never do this kind of work. I will never do this kind of work. Lo and behold, it became my favorite body of legal work. And when I came over to MCJ as president and CEO, I, I, I told the board that, yep, I will do it, but I, we have to be, I have to be able to continue my work in Ayers property. Well, uh, there was no way I could continue the, my legal practice plus, you know, lead this organization. So that's when I, I went out and talked with Andrea Barnes about coming in and helping to establish this this uh, heirs property work. Uh, but I, I will say, because I know we're getting close to time, but I will say that MCJ's uh, focus on heirs property started back uh, during following Katrina. That's when we, uh, with, uh, you know, a number of people, pro bono uh, lawyers, paralegals, 
uh, our own Beth Orlansky uh, started focusing on heirs uh, property issues, making sure that people who had who were impacted by Katrina, who had lost their homes or whose homes were damaged and destroyed, could get access to resources that were coming from the state and from you know federal government to make to replace, rebuild, or repair those properties. And so that's been a, a huge. Um, a, a huge, you know, continuation of the work, but it wasn't until 2021 when uh, Andrea came on board that we were able to establish a separate uh, focus, a separate what we call campaign on heirs um, property. So uh, that's that's sort of how I ended up making sure that we were we were continuing to focus on this area and to build on heirs property. And Liz, you mentioned uh, that this could easily be an economic justice issue. And it is uh, because we know from research that, you know, uh, that African-Americans have lost uh, millions and millions of acres of land through these heirs property uh, problems. So we want to stop that as well as for other low income uh, Mississippians. Well, we could go on and on and on, but if you want to hear more stories about Mississippi Center for Justice, do uh, attend their Champions of Justice event October 26, 2023. Vangela, I know you're a busy person. I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thank you very much. Thank you all for having me. Looking forward to coming back. You bet. <laughs> Our team consists of board engineer and podcast producer Abram Nanny. Thank you, Jermaine flood for getting our phones and for professor richard gershon who hosts from the university of mississippi school of law i'm liz gill join us next tuesday at 10 a.m central for in legal terms on mpb think radio this is an mpb think radio podcast to hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the mpb public radio app to listen on your iphone or android phone on demand